Good morning. Praise the Lord. Welcome to Christ Center Church, where Christ is our central focus. We're so excited that you decided to join us for our worship service here this morning. We pray that you will have an amazing and unforgettable experience with us today. We know that you were already greeted by one of our greeters before entering our sanctuary, and we know that you were greeted with a smile by one of our ushers before you took your seat. But if you so happen to have any questions about our service today or any information about our church, feel free to see one of our ushers or come back out to our foyer area with our greeters. And we'll give you the information that you're looking for. Any questions that you have, we'll be able to answer that. We're here to serve you, and we pray that you have a great experience with us today. My name is Nicola Wyatt, and I am here to give you this month's announcements. Just as a reminder, Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m., we have morning connection prayer. Whether you choose to pray for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, or even the entire 60 minutes, you can do so. We welcome you. If you would like more information on that, please see one of our ushers or one of our greeters will be able to give you all the information that you need. We also have Wednesday afternoon prayer from 12.30 p.m. to 1.30 p.m. right here at 4 Tennis Court. Join us here for our afternoon prayer. We have our weekly discipleship series. This will be on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. taught by one of our amazing ministers. If you want to dive a little deeper into the Word of God, this will be the place for you. If you have questions that you want to ask, perhaps you don't want to ask it while the preaching is going, this is the place for you. Please ask one of our ushers or the greeters for the Zoom link. We have Sunday school at 9 a.m. every Sunday. Between the ages of 2 and up, we have a class for you. Join us. Christmas for Christ Rally, Saturday, December 16th at 2 p.m. here at Christ Center Church. Invite a friend. You won't be disappointed. See you there.
It's that time of year again, our annual Christmas banquet. This banquet will be held on December 22nd, that's a Friday, at 7 p.m. The cost of our banquet is adults 18 and over, $60, teens 12 to 17, $35, and children 5 to 11, $15. This will be held at the Princeton Marriott of Forestal. If you have any questions or concerns, please see Sister Sylvia. Can you believe 2023 is already coming to a close? This year, our New Year's Eve is on a Sunday. We'll have our regular Sunday morning worship service starting at 10.30 a.m. Then we'll be back here again at 10 p.m. for our New Year's Eve service. Let's bring in the new year together. And following the service, we'll have a midnight breakfast and fellowship. Join us. To kick off the new year, we're having our second annual Overcoming Mental Health Workshop on Friday, January 5th at 7.30 p.m. and Saturday, January 6th at 10 a.m. Join us as we aim to have important conversation as it relates to mental health. This is an important topic that most times gets overlooked. Bring your notepads and questions. Together, we will overcome. On January 11th through the 13th, 2024, Thursday through Saturday, our North Central Jersey District Youth Department will be hosting their second annual Winter Youth Conference. This year's conference is entitled Limitless. This will take place at Pastor Bueso's Church in Newark, New Jersey. If you have any questions regarding registration, service times, and more, please see Brother or Sister Hasker or any one of our youth leaders. These are announcements. To stay connected with us, follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook or Instagram. Have a blessed day. Church, praise the Lord, church. Say, praise the Lord, church. Y'all awake? Anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Come on, stand to your feet and just wave your hands, just clap your hands. Come on, just acknowledge just being in the presence of the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, Psalms 150 says, Praise you, the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him. According to his excellent greatness, praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with the string instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the loud sounding cymbals. Let everything that have breath, I said let everything that have breath praise the Lord. If you're happy to be in the house of the Lord, make some noise. Shout unto the Lord. If you put breath in your body this morning. 
You ought to be thanking him. Hallelujah. We welcome you to Christ in the church this morning. We're here to give God our praise, our worship. The glory is already in the room. We're here to help enter in the presence of the Lord. We pray that you will praise him and worship him with us. Amen. Amen. Let's praise God. Hallelujah. Tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go, tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Come on, don't be afraid. You can clap your hands. Put your hands together. Hallelujah. The shepherds kept their watching. For silent flocks by night, behold, throughout the heavens, there shone a holy light. While shepherds fear and tremble, when low above the earth ran out the angel chorus that Savior's birth. Can you help me say go? Tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. That Jesus Christ is born. Everybody put your hands together. Christmas born, everybody say, oh, tell it on the mountain, see over the hills, everywhere, go, tell it on the mountain, that Jesus, that Jesus Christ is born, see, go, see, go, see, go, tell it on the
and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Is that why we're here today? We're here to give the King of kings and the Lord of lords all the glory and the honor that he deserves. Amen. I welcome everyone. First, I welcome. He's already here. But we want to give honor to the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we welcome everyone who is here today. Let us continue to worship the Lord. Our congregation online, we thank you for visiting. Is there anyone who have a prayer request? Amen. We all have a need, but we all also want to make sure we, we indicate so we can pray and support each other. For those that are online, put your, your prayer request in the chat. Amen. Let us just bow our heads and we're all going to open our mouths and we're going to pray. And he's already here. So let us just allow the presence of the Most High to come and really reign and dwell and move among us. Okay? We got to open our mouths and we got to praise and we got to worship him. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you, Almighty God, for allowing us, O oh God, to come into your house. Almighty God, where we can lift up our hands, open our mouths, and bless your name, O oh Father God. There were some, O oh God, that did not make it today. But God, we're here in your presence. We're here. And we want to seize this moment, Almighty God, to let you know how much we appreciate you. How much we love you. How much we adore you. God, we exalt you. You are our king. You are our sustainer. You are the Lord of lords, Almighty God. You are the line of the tribe of Judah. You are our El Shaddai. You are our provider, God. Lord Jesus, there are not enough words, Almighty God, that we can use to express, Almighty God, who you are. You are so mighty. You are so true, Lord Jesus. You are marvelous, oh Father God. And Lord Jesus, we just want to praise you. We want to honor you today, Almighty God. Lord, as we come into your presence, we come thanking you, Almighty God, for preserving us, Lord Jesus. And Lord, as we come before you, we ask you, most righteous God, will you cleanse us, O oh God, from our filthiness, O oh Father God? Oh God, because our righteousness is as filthy rags before you. So God, we repent and we lay aside, O oh God, every sin, O oh God, that we would did so, Almighty God, easily beset us, Almighty God. And Lord, we stand in your presence, O oh God, broken knowing, Almighty God, that, oh God, you will hear our prayers, Almighty God. Oh, as we come before you, we ask, your oh God, to you allow your glory, your Shekinah glory to fill this place, oh, Almighty God, for every person that steps into this place, Almighty God. Will you touch each and every one, those that are sick in their bodies, will you touch them, Almighty God, whether it be physically, emotionally, Spiritually, financially, God. Lord, you know everything. And Lord, we come before you. We ask you, Lord Jesus, that you will fill our hearts. Continue to touch the praise and worship team, the ushers, the greeters, every single person, the musician, Lord Jesus, the audiovisuals. Lord, that God, we will be here, Lord God, to give you all the glory and the honor. Oh, we bind every spirit that is not of God. Every spirit that will try to cause this unity be bind in the name of Jesus. And we lose your presence. We lose your glory in this place. Will you have your way, God? 
will you have your way? Come on, let's lift our hands and give the Lord all the weight offering that he deserves. Lord, we worship and we glorify you today. Come on, open your mouth and worship God. Those who have the spirit within you, open your mouth and worship. We worship and we adore you today. Will you have your way in the name of Jesus? Hallelujah, God. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you. Thousand generations falling down.
still remember the hymn goes, can you sing it out? Then sing my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. Oh, see how great, how great Thou Can we sing it out then sing? Then sing my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art. See how great thou art. experiences for us as we were preaching the gospel and there are people behind us sitting at the bar and walking by drunk, some of them coming into our services. It, it was pretty powerful and a great experience, but there came a time two years into it that we felt like we needed to move and transition. And at that time, we were on home mission status and Christmas for Christ was an option for us. And so it enabled us to make the next step as a home missionary to get a lease on the building that we have today which has been such a blessing but the key thing for it was is up until that point we didn't have an altar and for two years we preached and we worshiped but we didn't see a lot of change and things happening and uh, response in the altar but when we got this building and we built an altar it changed everything I think that's one of my most favorite monumental moments in this whole process and in this whole journey that we've been on was when we did get in there, we got the altar area built. I can remember everybody was so excited. We wrote prayers down on the altar, on the platform, all that area. We have prayers written on them on the floor before we laid the carpet. And some of those prayers we have witnessed coming to pass. And I remember from the very first service that 
That was probably my most favorite moment of all was when people realized we have a place that we can go to in the church building that is going to we can lay things down. We don't have to worry about what other people are thinking. I mean, it was just an amazing moment. And from that point on, our services have been power-packed. We've had people delivered. We've had people go the Holy Ghost. We've had um, marriages restored. The list goes on and on and on. Answered prayers in that altar area, and it's become a most precious, most precious place for our church landmark. And I feel like with the help and the support of Christmas for Christ, it just, it made it all happen. And so that's one of my most favorite, most favorite moments, I think, memories. CFC enabled us to continue to minister, not being stressed so much about finances. It was there to help us to make the transition. And now we have a responsibility to be there for the next generation of church planners, to be there to help them and to enable them to make the transitions, to to rent the, the room at the hotel, all of those things. CFC is impacting our world, and you can be a part of it.
give to Christmas for Christ. The offering date is January 7th. So if you get an envelope, whether it was last week or this Sunday or next Sunday, you have until January the 7th. What's the idea behind Christmas for Christ? The idea is, as we're giving gifts to our loved ones uh, that we uh, care about so much this holiday season, we want you to remember the one that is responsible for your life, Jesus Christ. And we want you to give your best Christmas gift to him. Uh, He's worthy of it. And uh, if we will give our best gift to him, we will really be blessed. So please participate if you can. Again, the envelopes, they're on the tree back there. As a matter of fact, this Saturday, somebody say Saturday, 2 p.m., somebody say 2 p.m., we have a Christmas for Christ rally right here. It's a district service. And so all of our churches will come together, and we will be here, and we will have a wonderful time in the Lord because we believe strongly in Christmas for Christ. If we don't continue to promote churches and plant churches, there's going to be a lot of people lost. And we want people to be saved. The scripture says Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. He gave his life so people would be saved and have eternal life. And so that's the reason why we're doing this. We're not doing this for any other reasons. We're doing it because we want to continue the mission of Jesus Christ. He came and established his church. He came and he set the mission forth. And now we that come behind, we continue to follow the mission, we continue to carry the mission forward, and that's what we're here to do as a people. And I always like to say it this way, there will be no unselfish Christians in heaven, because there's no such thing as unselfish Christians. And so if you have experienced the grace of God and you got saved, why wouldn't you want to see somebody else experience the same? And so when you give the Christmas for Christ, you are essentially back in uh, a family to go and preach the gospel to a community that the lost can be saved. If this is your first, second, or third time in this church, will you please stand? First, second, or third time in this church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're so glad that you came to be with us this morning. You may be seated. Make sure you love them up. Let them know how much we are so grateful that they came to be with us. Uh, We're glad that you're here, and we want you to know if there's anything at all that we can do to help you in your relationship with Jesus Christ, get closer to him in the knowledge of Christ. Please don't hesitate to ask us. Uh, We will do everything we can to support you in that endeavor. Amen. We're going to receive our offering this morning, and um, I want you to uh, prepare for that. Uh, Every once in a while, we give what we call our special offering, and you'll see what special offering is all about. But if you would like to give sacrificially this morning, which God has called us to give sacrificially, um, we want you to give because we're going to pray a special blessing. We're going to declare a special blessing for your life this morning when you give. So if you would like to be blessed, especially this morning, we want you to give and God will see to it that you will receive abundance of blessing. Just on a quick note, as you prepare to give, um, New Year's Eve is a Sunday. Somebody say Sunday. 
And so we're going to have our normal Sunday morning worship service at 1030, New Year's Eve. When we're done, uh, we will go home or go wherever we go, and we will be back here at 10 p.m. Somebody say 10 p.m. If you want to get right, you come back at 930 and pray, and you'll get right and tight. And then 10 p.m., we will start our service and it will go until midnight. We'll have a good time. We're going to do communion, and we want you to join us. Um, as I like to say, unfortunately, I see many uh, of our churches are deciding that, hey, you know, we're just going to, you know, have a day service or an early service, and we won't do the watch night service. Um, some traditions are strong and good, and watch night service is a great tradition. And God will never frown on more church services. All right? And so I remember before I was in the church, I was going to church, but I wasn't a, a part of the church. Somebody understand what that means? Going to church, but you're not a part of the church. And I remember doing that. And you know what I would do? I would go to church about 1130 at night, and I would just bring in the new year in church. Then I would go out and sin, but I just felt better knowing I brought the new year in the right way. We had enough sense to understand you want to bring the New Year's in the right way. And so I don't know why they don't want to have watch night services anymore, but as long as I'm pastor here, we're going to have watch night service here. And so we're going to bring in the New Year the right way. And then after that, we're going to enjoy some great breakfast. We have some breakfast people ready to cook up some good breakfast for you. And so we'll go across in the fellowship hall, and we're going to enjoy some good breakfast. So we'll hang out here till however long you want to hang out on New Year's Eve, going into New Year's Day. And so we welcome you to join us. If you are going to be here, please see someone at the desk out front and let them know I plan to be there. Let them know how many people of your family will be coming because we want to prepare enough food. So that's the, uh, the thought behind just getting a count to see how many people will be here so we know how much food to prepare. So we look forward to our watch night service. We look forward to our regular Sunday service that day. A whole lot of, you know, just being with you and being with the Lord. That You can never go wrong with that. So join us. Somebody say amen. All right. It's time for our special offering. Will you stand this morning? I've got three envelopes. Three. Don't talk to me this morning. Amen. Still thinking about my Christmas Christ envelope. i got to make sure I take care of that. I'm not going to be a liar in this place. I'm not going to let my yay be nay. My yay is yay is going to be yay. Amen. So get your offering in your hand. It doesn't matter what you have to give. It's up to you. We don't. We don't come back and say, hey, we didn't meet the quota. We need another offering. We don't do that in this church. We trust God. We, we don't go back and forth and look where God has placed us. So we already know how the blessing go if we just trust God. And so we want you to give this morning. But we want you to be blessed not only spiritually, but we want you to bless, be blessed with great health and strength. And we want you to be blessed financially. I don't know if any of, any of us in here are millionaires, but... I know it's not a lot. I don't know how many of us in here don't have any financial challenges, but I know it's not a lot. God wants us to be blessed financially. He wants us to be blessed with good health and strength. 
He wants us to be blessed spiritually. But everything that God wants for us, we have to do something. We tend to want God to do everything and we do nothing. Just like we do our relationships. You do, 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 and I'll receive, receive, receive. And every once in a while, I give you a little something, something. And so we want God to do that. God, you just keep on blessing. So get your offering in your hand. We're going to give today. Ready, A.V.? All right. Oh, here we go. Here we go. (laughs) Hallelujah. All right, you ready to give. Here we are. This is a statement of faith, a decree. It says in Job 22, 28, we're not doing something just loosey-goosey. This is biblical. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. That's what we're getting ready to do. So, if you will say it with me, because it's a declaration, I want you to be blessed. You're saying it for yourself, for your family, and that's what we're doing. We're saying it for ourselves and for our family and for this church. Are you ready to say it with me? All right, let's go. Upon the authority of your word, I have given and it shall be given to me. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I am a tither. I bring my tithe today in your storehouse. Therefore, the enemy is rebuked. The curse is broken. I have lived under open heaven. You pour out upon me such a blessing that there is not room enough to receive it. We receive jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, sales and commissions, benefits and settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received. My whole family saved and walking with God. Perfect health and abundance to walk in divine favor and blessing. I am blessed going in. I am blessed going out. All that I do, I will prosper in Jesus' name. Amen. And we have scriptures that support everything we just declared. We didn't just say some words, but we declared the word of God because we are children of God. And so as you come this morning, you will follow the instructions of the ushers. You will come this morning and you'll give. God will bless you and God will multiply your finances. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your people just being willing to give to the work of the kingdom of God. Lord, we're not going to just stand by and just say, me, 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 but we want others to receive the blessings. We want others to be saved. We want others to experience abundant life, Almighty God. And so, Lord, as we have declared your word today, will you hear, will you respond, that we will see that you are a man, that you cannot lie, that your promises are yea and amen. We thank you today, Lord, for the blessings that you have bestowed upon us that we will receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Come forward, bring your tithes and your offering in the storehouse.
just want to be with you. Just want to be with you. Oh 
of our guests, again, we say to you, welcome to Christ Center Church. And we know that maybe you heard about us by social media or someone invited you. However you heard of us, can I tell you a secret? God orchestrated the way you would be here this morning. So sometimes we think that it's because we know best, and so we're here. But God orchestrated your visit to this place this morning. And because he wanted you here, he has something to say to you. He will just use this preacher's voice, but it will be him that will speak to your heart this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse number 4, the word of the Lord says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. We can say it this way. Hear, O America, the Lord our God is one Lord. I don't know when he became three, but I thought he said he never changes. So if he said he was one from the very beginning, he's still one. There's no two and three different gods. One God. But he's so great that he can do great things. One God. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all, somebody say all, thine heart, and with all, somebody say all, all thy soul, and with all, somebody say all, all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Watch this. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shall talk of them when you sit us down in the house. So when we sit around and we eat good and we chitty chat and have a good time, we need to tell our children that Jesus Christ is God Almighty in the flesh. We need to tell them that there's only one God and his name is Jesus when we sit down in the house. And when we drive, they might have walked back, back then, but when we take a drive with the family, we need to be telling them that Jesus Christ is Almighty God manifest in flesh. One God. And when we lay us down before we go to sleep, when you tuck them in, or when you go to sleep, we need to say, Jesus Christ is God Almighty. There's only one God. And when we wake up in the morning, we ought to know that and say it, because there's only one God. And he wants us to know it very well. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you on this topic. All in. All in. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your spirit being poured out in this day and many are being filled today. That whosoever desire to be filled with your spirit can receive your spirit. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the gift of salvation. That whosoever want to be saved can repent of their sins today and be baptized in the wonderful name that all their sins may be washed away. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your blessings, health and strength, and for the knowledge, the revelation of who you are. We thank you for what you have done thus far in our service and what you will 
finished and complete before we leave here today. God, have your way like only you can. Whatsoever you will, let it be done. Will you anoint me, O God, to speak as your oracle and to be guided by your spirit? Will you touch the hearing of your people today that they will hear just the way you want them to hear that, Lord, all in this place will be compelled to respond to your word in obedience and submission. Have your way today, Lord, like only you can. We give you the praise and the honor for all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Originally, the phrase all in began as an expression, meaning to be all in or to be in a bad spot, exhausted, worn out, and spent. But that was a phrase that was used. When someone said I was all in, they were saying, you know what, I'm, I'm in a bad spot, or I'm exhausted, or worn out, or I'm spent. That was a phrase. However, the dictionary says to be all in is to be fully committed to a task, a cause, or a person. It means all-inclusive, watch this, without restrictions. All in. Consider these definitions of the phrase all in. To be fully committed to a task or endeavor. To give all of one's energy or resources toward something or someone. To be completely exhausted, meaning you have given all. Fatigued because you have given all. Spent because you have given all. Worn out because you have given all. That's what the phrase all in means. In Matthew 22, we read about how the Pharisees, students, and teachers of the law of Moses tested Jesus by asking him to choose one of the great commandments. Choose one great commandment. You see, the Pharisees had 613 commandments of the law, which they distinguished into greater and lesser. And now they were challenging Jesus However, Jesus responded without any difficulties. Yes, they, 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 they wanted to know what commandment is the greatest. Uh, they, they wanted to figure out what is the easiest way to, 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 to follow you, Jesus. Which commandment is the one we need to focus on? In Matthew 22, verse 36, the scripture says, in verse 36, Master... Which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. There, this is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There are many believers here today who would like, who are kind of like the, the, the Pharisee lawyer who wants to com- compartmentalize their Christian, our Christian life. 
They don't want to fully commit their life to Christ. They want to cross less Christianity. When you want this thing to be easy the way you want it, that's called a cross less Christianity. And there is no way to have Christianity without the cross. But many of us are trying to have Christianity without the cross. That life doesn't exist in Christ. You are either all in or you're all out. Jesus Christ has been all in from the beginning, and he expects the same from us when we are born again of the water and of the spirit. Our God has been all in from the very beginning, and God has told us that if he is this, then we ought to be. We are supposed to be striving to be like Jesus, just like he says, be holy, for I am holy. He is letting us know, be all in because I have been all in from the very beginning. Hmm. He wants all your heart. He wants all your soul. And he wants all your strength. Watch this. The heart in the Old Testament anthropology is the seat of the intellect. Equivalent to the mind or rational part of humankind. The soul refers to the invisible part of the individual, the person as a being, including the will and sensibility. Your might or your strength, of course, is the physical side with all its functions and capacities. The word behind heart and soul and strength basically relates to the person and, and, and how the person directs himself or herself. These words taken together mean to say people are to love God with their whole selves. The whole person. When we say we love God, we're not just loving God over here when we come into the building that we call the church building, the house of God. When we say we love God, it's not a thing that we do sometimes, but it's something we live and breathe and operate in because we are a whole person. And God says, love me with your whole person, not just with some of you. Don't just love me when I do good things. Your children love you even when you beat them. They might mumble and grumble and say stuff, but they coming right back because they love you. There are many references in scripture that refer to being all in. Many scriptures that when you read them, you'll realize it's talking about being all in. But how about we look at Matthew 16 and 25. It says in Matthew 16 and 25, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Don't you think that's an all in scripture? Tell me, how is that not an all in scripture? Whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake. I cannot tell you how often we as a people come to church and still trying to be who we were when we came to church. 
It doesn't make sense. You have to lose yourself. Whatever you were before you came to God, you can't be that person anymore. Yes, you still have the same mind. Yes, you still have the same understanding, but that understanding will change. You cannot be the same person that you were before you came to God when you come to God because he needs you to be, have a different life all in. So you can't do both. We have to be all in with Christ. If, 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 if the people who knew you before you got saved think that you're still the same and you say you're saved, something is off. Something is off. When you leave the world and go to the church, they're supposed to see you and say, man, I remember when you used to. I remember when you used to. But if they can't say that to you and all they're saying is, oh, you go to church now. That ain't good. That ain't good. They need to say, I remember when you used to because they're supposed to be seeing a different person because you have lost your life prior to this one so you can gain this life. The Bible says no man can serve two masters. To lose your life for Christ's sake is to be all in with Christ. He that is our all must have our all. No exceptions. We love to say Jesus is my all. Have you given your all to him? For us to say Jesus is my all, I can depend on him. I can trust him for all that I need, for all that he provides. I can depend on him. I can trust him. If Jesus Christ is our all, shouldn't we be giving him our all? All in. All in. Do you have something that's holding you back? From going all in with the Lord Jesus. Is there something holding you back from going all in? Here are some things, three things that may be keeping you from going all in with the Lord Jesus Christ. What's one of the first things that will keep you from going all in? Self-reliance. Self-reliance. When you're relying on yourself for everything you will not be able to go all in. When you are relying on yourself to make sure everything goes right in your life, you will not be all in. Let me give you an example. Do you think that your good deeds will get you into heaven? If you just be a good person, you don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't cuss, you don't mistreat people, you're just a good person. Do you think your good deeds get you into heaven? Watch this. The Bible says that people are appointed to die once, but after the death, then comes the judgment. If you think that the good side of the scale is heavy enough to balance out the bad side in judgment, then the Bible has news for you. Good works, your good works, my good works are as filthy rags. That's what the Bible says. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. So as good as we can get, we still cannot match up to the goodness that God expects from us. So if we think we can do good and make it to heaven, we're making a mistake. If you obey God's plan for salvation and you continue in his word, you can experience what he promises, and you can experience salvation. 
But it's not going to be according to what you can do. It won't be your, your, your goodness that you project that will get you into heaven, that will get God to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Are you trying to fix yourself as we speak even now? Whether you are a Christian trying to be better or a non-believer thinking that you're good enough to get into heaven, relying on yourself is an absolute dead end. So to think that we're smart enough to think that we have enough resources to think that I don't need anybody <laughs> to think that you got it going on good enough that you need to just rely on self to make your life good. It's only going to take it to a dead end. Here's another reason why we don't go, go all in. We fear what we will have to give up. A lot of people don't want to go all in with Christ because they fear what they will give up. Jesus had some serious words about being willing to give things up to follow him. Whosoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to be saved or whosoever wants to be saved, their life will be lost. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel's sake will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? So whatever it is that you're worrying about what you may lose, what is that really? Don't let the fear of giving something up hold you back from going all in with Christ. Whatever you're holding back because you're afraid to give up. <laughs> you know, you all have heard me said this, say this, but I'll say it again. I never forget or forgot when I did not have the Holy Spirit. I was not yet baptized with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I was seeking the Holy Spirit. But you know what I come to found out, find out later on that what I was holding on to was more important to me than the Holy Spirit. That's why I didn't receive the Holy Spirit uh, immediately because God wants to fill you, me, and everybody who doesn't have the Spirit of God. If you don't have it, he wants to fill us with the Spirit. We have it, so we know that he, uh, he, he will if we will just be humble and we will submit ourselves to him. God wants to fill all of us with his Spirit. But the bottom line is, if God's Spirit hasn't baptize you with the evidence of speaking in another tongue like the Bible says, then it might just be that you're holding on to something more to you that is more important than the Spirit. You know what I was holding on to that was more important than the Spirit? My character of who I am, my identity of who I am, my status of who I am. So many of us we come off the streets out of the world and we come into church. And I remember this used to go on, Brother uh, Cal, back in the day. It was, you know, men poor, poor us sometimes. We get a little so off track. But, you know, men like to let you know where they stand. And so a lot of us was out in the street and we were doing all kind of different things. And we come into church and get saved. And so many of us thought, oh, we do sometimes, all we did sometimes was get into a little circle, like we in a cipher or something like back in the day, and talking about what we used to do and who we are. 
because we still try to make people believe in who we are. And that spirit crushes men in Jesus. Still trying to carry your worldly status with you. Still trying to make people know who you used to be. Still trying to tell people, you don't know who I used to be. Who cares? Because that's not the life that you need to have in Christ. But we're guarding that life like it's important. That life is not important. The life that Christ has for you is the important life. The life Christ wants to give to you, that's the life that matters. Not the one you're guarding. If the one you're guarding was so good, why did he even walk through the church doors? Why do you even set foot in the church? And so, we're not all in because we're afraid for what we need to give up. We're not all in because we, 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 we think that what is it that we will gain? Not realizing what we will gain Stop us from going all in. We have no clue what we will gain. And church, can I tell you, I can tell you from experience, the gain that you will receive. First of all, let me tell you this. this is, here, here's a quick secret real quick. You can lie to you, yourself. You can lie to anybody else. God designed us that all of us desire to be loved. Uh-huh. About four or five. You just don't know the meaning of why God designed you. It's okay. God, when he formed you and made you and, and you became who you are today, he designed all of us to desire love. This is why the Bible says we love him because he first loved us. So why is he loving us then if we didn't need love? So all of us desire to be loved. Well, if you get into church, you're going to experience that. And if you stay where you are, you might never experience that. Because people, as you all know, that kill social media, because people tell you all kind of stuff. And you find out later on it's not legit. But you get an encounter with a real Christian person, you will experience real love. You, get, you, you encounter real Christian people and you will see what real love is all about. But if you stay in the world, you're not going to experience love. Because the devil and the world only love you as long as you're doing what they want you to do. The devil and the world loves you only when you're doing what they... As soon as you decide, I don't want to do that no more, you got a problem. God doesn't do that to us. God doesn't do that to you. When you decide you don't want to do what God wants you to do, he don't say, I stop loving you. He still loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. So whether you're doing great or you're not doing great, whether you're right or you're not right, God loves you no matter what. This is why the Bible says he loved us while we were yet sinners. It wasn't because you was pleasing him while he loved you. He loves you in spite of your sin. The devil don't do that. And people don't do that. People only love you for what you will do in agreement with them. It's like the people out in the streets, Brother Ed. You know, some other people in here know. We tight like that until I decide, nah, I ain't doing that no more. Yo, what you mean you ain't doing that? Nah, just, nah. And before you know it, they go talk to somebody else. Yo, I don't know if we can mess with him no more. 
I don't know if we can mess with him no more because he's starting to talk crazy. Stuff that he used to do with us, now all of a sudden, he could be a snitch. Y'all know I'm all up in your grill. Some of y'all don't know about that because y'all ain't never had no street life. It's okay. But the ones that have been in the street, y'all know I just got right up in your grill. As soon as you decide you want to do something different, they start to suspect that you up to something. You ain't no good. Yeah, we don't mess with him. And if you're in the wrong situation, they start watching you because they might have to knock you off because you know too much now. And you call that love? You call that love. And that's what you want to be connected to. That's what you want to stay in. And we fight in God who love us in spite of us, who loves us even when we weren't doing what's right. Yes, God's intent is for us to one day come to our right senses and understand who he is and love him. But while we're working on that, he still loves us. Nobody else does that. Even your parents sometimes will abandon you when you ain't doing right. God don't do that to you. He still loves you. If you think you would get a raw deal by going all in with the Lord Jesus Christ, pay attention to his words. In John chapter 10 verse 10, he says, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Life to the fullest. You might rightly believe that Jesus gives eternal life, and that's true. If you trust him and obey him. But here's another thought that you can chew on. Eternal life starts when you are born again. It ain't when you get to heaven. If you want to experience the abundant life, you surrender your life to Christ. You repent of your sins. You get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. You get filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you live a faithful and holy and righteous life. And guess what? You will experience the, ab- the abundant life even before the rapture. Even before you die and go to heaven, you will experience that abundant life. You don't have to wait to experience abundant life. You can experience it right now by surrendering your life to Christ. You don't have to wait. So to think that, oh, yeah, I give my life now to Christ, but it's it's when I get to heaven, I get to... No, 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 God don't roll like that. You get to experience that abundant life before you get to heaven. If you go all in with the Lord, you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. If you don't go all in, you have everything to lose and nothing to gain. Stop worrying about what you don't know you can receive. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you what you will receive from from God when you live a submitted life to him. Is, is greater than you can ever even imagine. What God will do in your life and what God will provide for you when you're, when you're all in with him is greater than what you can ever imagine or think. Because God wants to do exceeding and abundant above whatever you can ask or think. And so if you will go all in with him, what you will receive will be greater than what you can ever earn on your own. All in. You and I need to be all in with the Lord Jesus Christ. That no matter what happens to us or around us, we will not be moved. I'm getting ready to get something heavy right now. If you can be easily moved out of your position in Christ, 
you're not all in. Yesterday, I got a little glimpse. For some of you, you don't know, but I'll tell you what it is. Got a little glimpse of the Heisman ceremony, best college athlete um, in, in college for whatever the year is. And I and I and I watched the ceremony for a little bit, and I watched how the parents and their child was there, and they talked a lot about, um, you know, what it took to get to that place. One of the guys that was um, up for the Heisman thro- trophy was a guy that suffered catastrophic catastrophic injury four times but he never quit now you go to the nfl to play and make big money i keep because I, I like sports and i think sports help me to understand a lot of things and i keep saying why would they do that for that but we can't do this for christ what am i missing any one of us in here get some catastrophic injury in church, we'd be like, I don't know if I'm going back to that church. Because, you know, in, in apostolic churches like this, sometimes people start running around. And just imagine somebody running around one day and knock you down. My, my oldest experienced that one time, but it wasn't in church. That's why. Um, but running around and, and you get knocked down, you might say, I'm not going back to that church. Them people are crazy. They was running around like they mad. And this guy got injured, I mean surgery injured, four times. But he kept on going. And yesterday, he, they ready, he ready to go to NFL. He going to make millions. So they're driven to make millions. And all of us know, you can't take that millions to heaven. And you ready for this one? And you should know, millions... Don't give you a happy life. You know how many people that are rich that are miserable? Because after a while, when you can get anything you want, that's not impressive. In case you don't know that. When you can get whatever you want, after a while, it's not impressive. The other day I was talking to my manager at work. Him and I have been together for almost 30 years. He's been my manager for almost 30 years. And so he's a leader in this church, but I don't think that's why he said this. I think age is why he said this. He says, Wayne, there is nothing else in this world that inspires me. There's nothing impressive. You've heard me say this before. There's nothing that this world has to offer where I'm excited There is a reason why we get older and children matters more to us. Family matters more to us. We're not taking the cue. Yes, we all have to go through the stages of life because that's just the way it is. But I wish to God that we would take the cue to say, why is that 50-year-old or that 60-year-old thinking like that? Why are they saying those things? And I wish to God we would go talk to them and ask them, why are you thinking like that? Why are you saying those things? And if you listen, what you will do is you'll get the answer to the test for 20 years ahead, 30 years ahead. And you will be that much better off when you get to 60. But it's just like we all like blind people just following and just going right along with the program. But we think we're so smart. 
We think we're so smart, but we're just blind people following and just going along with the flow instead of saying, you know what? If you got to that age and all that matters to you is family and the Lord, what am I missing? What am I missing? Because young people, when you, if you live your life fairly decent and you stay faithful to God and you, and, you, and you handle your money right and you treat people right and you do your family right, you will get to that age where whatever you want, you probably can get it. This is America. So you get to that place where whatever you want, you can get it. But then what? And that's what, in case you don't know, the 50 and 60-year-olds are going through. They realize, I can drive whatever I want. I can buy whatever I want. I can do this. I can do that. But it's empty. It's empty. The only thing that's not empty is Christ and and relationship with each other because all the other stuff is empty. But I don't know why we're not getting that. We're still losing our minds, you know, going after stuff that we're just going to get to the age to say it's empty. I remember my pastor used to always say this. The car that you drove 20 years ago, where is it? You ever stop and think about that? The car you drove 25, 30 years ago, where do you think it is right now? Ain't nobody else driving it. Sister Wyatt, ain't nobody driving your old Camry no more. That thing is at the junkyard. I had one Camry that burnt up. I ran it so hard it burned up. Ain't nobody driving that car no more. So my whole thing is learn from somebody that's been around. That 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 all of this stuff is just fluff. Solomon calls it what? Vanity. It's fluff. But we're still striving and we're going all in for this. Listen to me. Here is what the Lord dropped in my spirit. And I had to make sure I made a note of it. There are some here today that was once all in, but you have drawn back. That's a word from the Lord. I'm just telling you. God say here. There are some people in this room right now that will listen to us online or aren't listening to us online. You were once all in with Christ, but you have drawn back. Whenever you draw back from anything that has to do with the Lord, you are drawing back from the Lord. Let me say that again because I think that might have went over your head. Whenever you draw back from anything that has to do with the Lord, you are drawing back from the Lord. So, for instance, if, if I used to pray frequently... And I don't pray as frequent anymore. I drew back from the Lord. I drew back from the Lord. So you might not look at it as you drew, you drew back from the Lord. Ask, ask him about or ask Adam about him. I'm, I'm in the word. I never get out of the word because I don't know how to do anything else. I'm in the word. Him and Adam commune all the time. And as soon as Adam drew back, what he said? Where art thou? If God has an assignment for you and you're doing it and you don't want to do it anymore, you drew back. So there are people that was once all in, but you're no longer all in. You drew back. 
And you can't equate it to anything else except for the Lord because we were only supposed to be doing it unto the Lord. We don't do stuff unto people. We do it unto the Lord. I know you know I love you and you feel my love, but guess what? It starts with him. Because if I didn't love him, I couldn't love you. We love each other because we get to love him. So love has to go this way before it can go this way. If you, if you don't go this way, you will fail going this way. And most people are trying to go this way without going that way first. Love starts with him. And in order for us to love one another, we have to first love him. So we draw back if we were doing something for the Lord, unto the Lord, and we're no longer doing it. And God says, I want you to be all in. There are some that are here and they're listening, they're watching, that you are never all in. And he said, it's time for you to become all in. God wants us all to be all in. To be all in with Christ means, watch this, through the fire, through the storm, through our loss, through our financial struggles, through our relationship struggles, through our hurt, through our pain, and through our disappointments, we are to still love the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. No matter what we're dealing with, no matter what we're going through, God says you need to love me no matter what. We get hurt and all of a sudden, God got to pay for it. You know, you know what that's like? The kids got on your nerves and your spouse got to suffer. What does the spouse got to do with you and the kids arguing today? Kids got on your nerves and now spouse come home and now he got to feel the wrath. That's what y'all do to God sometimes. One of his children get on your nerves and he got to feel it because now what? You're walking away from him? Now you're not fellowshipping with him? Now you're not doing what he wants you to do because one of his kids were mean to you? Is that what's stopping us from being all in? Because when we're all in, it doesn't matter what we are up against. When we're all in, it doesn't matter the challenges that we have to deal with. When we're all in, it doesn't matter the pain and the hurt and the frustration. When you're all in, it means you're all in. This is why many marriages fail. Because the the two people are not all in. I can't deal with that. Oh, I'm not taking that. I just always hear this in my mind. When I would even think about I'm not taking that, Sister Kellerman. Can you imagine if I, your God, didn't take that? Every time you think you ain't supposed to take that, that's that I'm not, I can't take that. Just think about what God took for you. Who do you think you are? I'm not taking that. You're not all in. That's why you're not taking that. God was all in, so he took it all. God was so all in, 
he, he had one of his closest disciples betrayed him. He didn't stop him. That didn't stop him from going to the cross. God was so all in that even when they lied and mocked him, he didn't say, I'm coming down off this cross. Y'all crazy. I, can you imagine that? Sister Cook, I always think about that. That, that if, if, if God wanted while he was on the cross, stretch wide, and they was like, you say you God. How about you let angels come in? Coming down off this joker. I'm not staying up here no more because y'all are crazy. I created y'all and y'all talking smack like that. I always picture that. That, that, that what if God had just decided, I'm not staying on the cross. Y'all crazy talking crazy. I created y'all, gave y'all breath, give y'all health and strength, give y'all an opportunity to be saved, and y'all crucifying me. I'm coming off this cross. I'm not staying. Can you imagine if he did that? So why are we doing that to him all the time? Every time something don't work right, every time something is, is not working to our favor, all of a sudden we got issues. All of a sudden, I don't know, I don't know. All of a sudden, you don't make the next two church services. Adam! When you miss church, that's what God's saying. Whatever your name is, he's calling. I thought we normally meet here on Sunday mornings. Where are you? He knows where you are. But best believe this. He knows if you're not here, something unspiritual is going on in your life. We don't want to. We don't want to get. We don't want to be real about that. But I'm going to be real with you. When you don't show up for church, let me say 99% of the times you're not doing something spiritual. So when God says, "Where are you?" Yes, He's talking about location. But he's also saying, I can't feel you because you're not doing something that communes with me. You're not connecting with me. Whatever it is that you're doing is not connecting with me. That's why he's saying, where are you? I know smart people like to say, well, location don't matter because God is everywhere. I know that. But God also operates as man. And, and what we do, if we have, a, if we have a, 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 a meeting place, if we agree to meet at a certain place all the time and, and you're always there and one day I decide I'm not going, how are you going to feel? I thought we always, where are you? You texted, hey, I'm still here. You don't hear anything from me. That's what's going on when we don't show up where we're supposed to show up in God. He's saying, where are you? Why aren't we connecting? Why can't I feel you? You're not all in. You're not all in. We must not allow ourselves to be lulled into believing that our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is merely one part of our life. I've been trying to get that to cross for as long as I know I've been trying to preach. That we treat God like he's over here. He might be having the biggest part. No, no, let me not lie. We, we put God over here and we have our job here and we have family here. We have recreation here. We have, um, you know, our, 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 you know. Our money situation here. We have, you know, fix up the house over here. And we got all kind of categories. And we just do them all separately. And God get his slice. He get his portion. And everything else get their portion. That's how some of us deal with God. You're not all in. 
you're not all in. And God don't accept that. Now, don't mistake. Listen. Everybody that goes to hell, God loves them. Because I don't know if we understand that. Everybody that will go to hell, that have gone to hell, God loves them. They just chose not to be all in with God, but he loved them. So God loving you don't mean you're good. That's what I'm trying to get across. God loving us don't mean we're good. It just means he loves us. Right? And in order for us to, to, to receive what he has for us, we got to love him back. God loves me, yeah, but do you love him back? God is so good to me, but are you good to him back? God blesses me, but do you bless him back? We got to ask ourselves that. God keeps doing all these, these things for us, and, and we got to ask ourselves, but what are we doing for him? He don't need anything? No, he needs us to praise him, to worship him, to submit to him so he can give us instructions to help his cause which you are a beneficiary of. Yes, you are a beneficiary of his salvation, of his blessings. And so he needs us to be a part of the, the process in helping others. Listen to me. I'm finishing up here. Loving the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might is all of who you are, not part of who you are. You can't love God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind and, and, and give him part. No, no. That's all inclusive. Somebody say amen. amen. To love the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might, we have to know him to do that. So here is the challenge. Here's the challenge. We get frustrated because we feel like I'm not all in the way I need to. Well, in order to be all in, you have to know what you're all in with. In order to be all in, you have to be, you have to know who you're all in with. You can't just be all, who get married to, well, they got shows on TV, that, but that don't count. But who gets married to a complete stranger? You know, I know TV just do all kind of stuff now. We just so bored. We are so bored. We are so bored that we just do some nonsense. But normally, who marries someone that is a complete stranger? Nobody does that. So you're not going to be submitted to anybody if you don't know them. So there lies the conundrum. You want to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, but you don't find yourself being all in, doing it, and you're wondering why. And my answer to you is because you don't know him. I'm so glad. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Years ago, I was under a good teacher that told me this. Study God's ways. Learn God's ways. And I'm telling you, I've been so blessed with that. When you study God's character, who he is, how he does things, when you learn those things, you will be so benefited from that. Because even when you don't know the scripture, 
where to find it, you will know how to conduct yourself because you know God's ways. I've gotten up here plenty of times and have said things to you that is biblical, but I did not quote the text where it's from. And I didn't need to because I know his ways and I know how he does things. So I'm always in tune with, that ain't of God. I know what's not of God. You can't trick me because I know him personality, character, attributes, how he does things. For instance, you know, in the Bible, big discussion in the Bible I was talking about, will God come back before the tribulation? Will he come back during the tribulation? Or will he come back after the tribulation? And his ways says he will come back before the tribulation. His ways. Now, you can do whatever you want with that. That's up to you. But when, when it was time for him to, 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 to rescue Noah with the flood, did the flood come and he rescued them out of the flood? Were they drowning and he said, oh, let me get you before you drown. Did he do that? Okay. He let them get in the ark. He shut the door. Then it began to rain. So they were safe before the destruction came, right? Okay, I'm just checking. So when you learn God's ways, you will see there are some things you can pinpoint and you don't have to know all of the details. I don't care what, what scholar come to me and break down the scripture saying, oh no, it's going to be after. I'm going to say, I hear you, but I'm not worried about that. Because the bottom line is that go outside of his characteristics. That go outside of his attributes, how he normally does things. God, when he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, what did he do? He said, go get your nephew out of there. Go get his family out of there. Let's get out of here because I'm getting ready to just destroy this stuff. That's how he's always done it. I don't think he's going to change now. He says, I change not. Study God's ways. Learn who he is. Who he is. Get to know him. So when you go all in, you know who you're all in with. You know you're all in with the almighty one who created all things. And guess what? Then when it was time to save our soul and there was nobody qualified to give their life for every man, he says, well, I'm going to have to become the sacrifice. I'm going to have to become the one who will shed his blood. But guess what? I'm a spirit. I don't have blood. How am I going to shed blood? He became what he had to become so he can save us. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You get to understand that. That will take you a long ways. That will take you a long ways. The scripture says in John 5, 39, search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. You want to learn who God is? Search the scriptures. Let me finish up and bring this home. To love the Lord Jesus Christ, watch this, which is also for anything else. To love the Lord Jesus Christ is to do whatever is necessary to obey his commandments. To love the Lord Jesus Christ is to do whatever is necessary to obey his commandments. Okay, preacher, where did you get that? definition of um, love from. You want me to tell you where I got it from? For God so loved the world. Creation, let me talk to you because you're listening. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So guess what? Those of us that know God was not human, right? 
But what God did was he became human in order to save us. Because what required, what was required for us to be saved was the shedding of blood. And so he became the, the, the sacrifice. It had to be an unblemished person without sin. Nobody else existed like that that had no sin. So guess what? As God, he was not human, but he became human. So he could have blood. So he will be able. So here's the breakdown. God did whatever it took so he could love us. God did whatever was necessary so he could love us. Same thing for us. We must do whatever is necessary to obey his commandments. That's all in. That's him being all in and you being all in when you do whatever is necessary. Don't count what you do. Don't start trying to figure out what you do. Just do it. That's how we become all in. To fully commit oneself to the Lord Jesus Christ is to be without restrictions. I am going to do for God what I need to do, and I'm not going to put any restrictions on myself to give my all, to give my energy, to give my resources to his purpose. That's how I go all in. When you love God with all your heart, your whole self, your first priority will be, I am going to worship him. I am going to praise him. I am going to honor him with my intellect, with my emotions, and with my will. Everything about me will worship God. Everything about me will praise him and give him honor because I am loving him with all of me, not just with some of me. Loving the Lord Jesus Christ means to establish and maintain a close personal relationship with him. We do so through daily prayer and communion with him, reading and meditating on his word, entering into his presence, faithfully participating in the life and worship of the church, heeding the word, the preaching, the teaching, having fellowship with each other and walking in faith day by day and being in continual relationship with him, filled with his spirit, led of his spirit, and endeavoring to live a holy and righteous life according to his will. That's how we go all in. And so, placing the Lord Jesus first, in your life is how you're going to go all in. Yes, indeed. If we truly love the Lord Jesus Christ, then we will love others. You're struggling with people because you're not all in. (laughs) That's a tough pill to swallow. If you're all in with God, you don't struggle with people. I don't know who I was talking to the other day, and they was telling me, um, this person drive me crazy. I said, you heard what you just said? This person drive me crazy. Why are you being driven crazy by the person? You can decide if they're going to drive you crazy or not, but you have to decide to allow them to drive you crazy. When you love, what you do is you, you, you learn to adjust. If I know you're crazy, I adjust to understanding that, that you're crazy. I'm not going to tell you you're crazy. I'm not going to treat you like you're crazy. I'm going to love you, but I'm going to adjust because the biggest thing that messes all up is expectation. 
So you're going crazy because you have an expectation of the person and they always come below that expectation. Well, that's on you after a while. You can have an expectation of someone and guess what? You know, they might not come up to it and that's okay. But if that's what they do constantly, you keep getting frustrated, that's on you. That's not on them. They, they just haven't gotten to the place where they need to get to, but you already there. So why don't you adjust and handle it differently instead of getting frustrated? That's because you're not all in. That's what this is all about. It's all about being all in. And when you're all in, you smile, you adjust, and you know how to love people no matter what. And you pray for them and wait till the work that God is doing in them begins to see, you begin to see that work. But you can't just be frustrated with people because they're doing crazy stuff because they're just off the chain. You can't be frustrated with them. It means you're not all in with God. And here's what we don't understand. We keep on thinking that we were good before we got saved. Somehow we brainwash ourselves to think that we were really good before we got saved you brainwashed yourself you weren't good I told you our righteousness is as filthy rags so we weren't good but somehow after we've been living for God for 10 years 15 years we think oh I don't see how they could be like that you were like that too why are we acting like we so good What's my point of sharing that with you? That you will see people differently. Because if you realize you came from the muck and the miry, from the gutter, and from all sort of unrighteousness, and God saved you, then whatever is going on in their life, God can do the same for them. You just got to be all in with God and see what God can do for them. That's what I'm talking about. Now you see, yeah, now you will understand if you're all in or not. Because when you're all in, that's, that's how you go about things. You realize they'll be all right. You can't tell me nothing about anybody in here. I'll be like, oh, no. I won't say that to you. I'm gonna, it's going to be all right. Brother Kellerman told me this morning, you know, there's some challenges. And I know he got some challenges. But guess what I told him? We're going to declare that it's going to be all right. Because I know the God that we serve. Because I know what he's done for me and so many others. So I'm always, till I take my last breath, I'm always going to tell you, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Because if we're all in with him, he loves us. It's going to be all right. I'm not worried about it. It's going to be all right. We're all in with the Lord Jesus when we love him with all our heart, all our soul, all our might. Let me tell you something. The devil is throwing all sort of stuff at us to keep us from being all in. For some of us, it's just trying to keep us busy. Some of us is just trying to keep us busy and we don't realize it. Some of us, he's still messing with you. He realized that there's still some things that, that, that you're tempted by, and he's messing with you with that. He's trying to prevent you from going all in. Because as long as you keep telling yourself what is stopping you from doing this and doing that, you can't go all in. Some of you come into this service, and I will say some stuff, and you will say to yourself, he's right, but. He's right, but. 
And all I'm going to tell you is the answer to your but is that's just because you're not all in. Because if you're all in, you will say, God can do it. God can do it. I know I am knee deep and probably, you know, waist deep into some stuff. But you know what? God can do it. Nobody cleans up mess better than God. And so whatever mess you got in your life, God will be able to clean that mess up if you will just go all in. The problem is you want God to clean up the mess so you can go make another mess. Who wants to deal with anybody that just keep on messing everywhere they go and we're supposed to follow you and clean up your mess? That's God's problem with you. Everywhere you go, you make a mess. And God said, I just cleaned up that mess yesterday. You want me to clean up this mess today and clean up that mess tomorrow and clean up that mess next week? I just cleaned up your mess why do you want me to keep cleaning your mess up so then God does this when you're done messing I'm not telling you when you when you get good he's not saying when you get good when you're tired of messing let me know let me know but I'm not walking behind you just cleaning up your mess and that's how y'all did, y'all have done God wrong like that. You expect for him to just keep on walking behind you and clean up your mess. Not, that's not fair. That's not fair. Stop messing everywhere you go and just turn to God so once and for all he can deliver you from your situation. You will see. I don't care how hard your situation is. I don't care how difficult it is. I don't care how deep you are into it. God can change that situation and turn it around, clean up your mess, and you will get to understand when you're all in, everything changes. Everything changes when you're all in with Jesus Christ. Stand with me. I don't know. We know this message wasn't for you to shout. It wasn't for you to run and scream. But it was for you to do just what you did today. But before you go, you need to make the decision. Not when you go out the door, not when you sit in the car. You need to make that decision right now before you go just between you and God that you are all in with him. You are all in with him. Don't wait for any other time to do that. You ought to talk to God before you leave today to let him know you are all in with him. Because if you get out in the car, the same things that you've been dealing with, they just grab a hold of you. And you need to take a hold of the word of God that would just preach to you and say, God, I'm going to do what I need to do. You don't want to leave out of here today and not go all in. I told you, you don't have anything to lose, but you've got everything to gain. Aren't you tired of just being on the wheel? Aren't you tired of the same old, same old? You want something to change? You've been going to church. You give your offering. You give your tithes. You're trying to do your best, but it just seems like nothing is changing. And I'm here to tell you the answer. You haven't gone all in. You want God to work with your, you know, little, little bit that you give him. And I can't say this enough. God has been all in with you from the very beginning. You're asking him to do something that he can't do. For, for him to go all in and for you to go partway in. He can't have no relationship like that. That, you don't get no real relationship like that. No relationship work. As a matter of fact, I can tell all of you all that's what's wrong with all of your relationships. 
If you've got a lot of relationship issue, it means somebody is going harder than somebody. Somebody's more in than somebody. Because some relationship, man, here I go. Some relationship, some people are content just the way it is because they don't desire much. Listen to me carefully. Some of you or some of you will get in a relationship where because you don't desire much, you're not doing much for your spouse. That's not fair. That's what I'm talking about. If your spouse desire much, but you don't desire much, give them the much that they desire. You should have never been with them. But now that you're with them, do right and give them the much. Because it's the same thing what I'm talking about. God gave all for you. And you have not, I have not in times, given God all of what he deserves. If we get that part right with God, we're going to get it right with our relationship, especially in marriage. Because then we'll realize that we need to give more and we'll stop looking at the other folks talking about, well, I don't need all that. You doing all that. I don't need all that. Well, they need all of that. It's not nice to, to be in a relationship with someone you're supposed to love and they're too much. No, if that's what they need, give them that. If you're not fussy, it's okay. But don't put your, your conviction on them because, because you don't desire much. They shouldn't desire much. Two different people. You hear that, Walters? I'm, tell, I'm talking about marriage. I hope you're catching it. Don't be talking about she too much. If she want a lot, then that's what she needs. If you don't want a lot, then you don't want a lot. It's okay. We can't be mad. Because one want more than the other. Just go with it. Let's take a few minutes as we get out of here to just talk to the Lord about being all in. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. God, you have brought to our attention that we're not all in like we may have thought we were. Some of us know, Lord Jesus, that we weren't all in. And Lord, you have reminded us that we need to be all in. We're having expectation that we should not have because we're not all in. Will you forgive us, Almighty God? Forgive us, Father, because you have been all in from the very beginning, and we have not. But we're expecting you to to do exceeding and abundant for us when we are not all in. But Lord, we repent of our sins this afternoon and ask that you will forgive us. For God, we want to be all in. And we know to be all in, we must love you with all of our hearts, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. Today, Lord, we make a declaration to you. We make a commitment to you that we will be fully committed. We will be all in. And no longer, Lord God, will we just give you some of us, part of us. But Lord, we will give you all of us. Just like you have given all for us, we are here to give all to you. (laughs) 
Lord, have your way this afternoon in us, Lord Jesus. Don't let us walk out of this holy place with the same mindset. But Lord, will you shift our mindset, Lord God, that we will have a mind that will be made up to say, I'm all in. From this day on, I'm giving all that I've got. I'm going to spend I'm going to be spent for you. I'm going to be exhausted for you. I'm going to give all for you, Lord God. Because you know what? You have given all for me. But you know what? You can give back to me what I need. Ah, my God, have your way today. Not my will anymore, but thy will be done in me, Lord God. As I surrender all, as I give all, Lord, have your way today like never before. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, that we will no longer play games, Almighty God. We will no longer, Lord God, walk in deception, Lord God. We will no longer allow the enemy to lull us into, oh God, thinking that we are given enough when we're not given our all. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, have your way today. Have your way today. Somebody in here needs to repent of their sins. Recognize that you have sinned against God because you have not been given your all, but you've been expecting God to give his all to you. Oh, God, forgive us for our sins. Oh, God, of wanting more from you than we are willing to give to you. Forgive us, Almighty God. Cleanse our hearts and minds from all unrighteousness today, Lord God, that we can walk out of here with a pure heart, a clean heart, clean hands, a right spirit, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Not our will, but your will, Lord Jesus. If there's anybody here today, you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Not in titles, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. No one was ever baptized in Scripture in titles. Every person in Scripture was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ as they were commanded. After the Old Testament, in the book of Acts and moving forward, every person that got baptized, got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And then their sins was removed and they were cleansed. If you're here today and you've never been baptized, you can do so. We have towels, robes, we have whatever you need that you can go home a dry person but be cleansed from all your sins. You will be a, a, a person of faith that has trusted God. You can come today if you want to get baptized. You can come today and surrender your life to God if you have not done so. In the name of Jesus. Lord, touch our congregation online. I pray that somebody will respond to the word of God that heard the word of God today, that they will respond in obedience. They will respond in submission. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. One last thing before we go. Church, I love you. I really do. I'm here just to help you be, be your best version of yourself. I don't have any ulterior motive. I don't have anything but just I'm on an assignment. 
God has given me an assignment and I fear God, so I do it to the best that I can according to his will. I don't try to deviate. I don't have fluff for you. I can only, only give to you what God has given me. And so I love you. God has given me a heart for you. And so whatever you need, however, uh, whatever you need assistance with and reaching where God is trying to take you to, please don't hesitate to come and see me. I'm here for you, and I want God's will to be done in your life. The best is yet to come because God still have great things in store for you. Salvation doesn't begin when we get to heaven. Salvation begins when we repent and we're baptized in his name, we're filled with his spirit, and we're walking with him. We begin to experience the abundant life. Come and see me if you have something to uh, talk to me about. I'm here for you. I love you. You know that Friday the 22nd is our Christmas banquet, and uh, we want you to come and be a part of it. It's $60 a person, as I told you. Um, the church is um, covering a lot of the expense because probably it's about 130 bucks um, per person um, for um, a meal that you're going to enjoy. Probably about that, about 125, 130 for the meal that you'll enjoy. You're only paying 60, so the church will cover the rest of it. Um, next year we're going to change that. We won't. We still. We still will always cover some of it because. We're in this together, and that's your Christmas gift from the church if you didn't get one. So if you want to make sure you get your Christmas gift, come to the banquet so you can experience a good time with your brothers and sisters in Christ. You'll see we have, a, we have fun. We will have a musician there. Um, we will have games. Pictures will be taken. There will be raffles of gifts. Oh, man, we're just going to have such a great time. So we want you to come and be a part of it. However... All monies must be in by next Sunday. All monies must be in by next Sunday. After next Sunday, door closed. Can't get you in. We will not have anybody at the door collecting. So don't show up and say, I got my money. Too late because I have to call in the headcount to the Marriott Monday. I spoke to Lori, which is our president of Marriott, and I told her I will talk to her on the 18th. So on the 18th, I will give her our count. So I need for you to make sure all the monies are in by then so we can give Lori our count for Monday. And then we will be there the following Friday having a good time. We don't serve alcohol, so, you know, you don't have to worry about nobody getting buzzed. We don't drink alcohol. And so time, somebody need to go to a nice clean party. You've never been to a nice clean party without nobody shaking their thing, you know, and drinking and all that stuff. We're going to have good, clean fun. Come out and be with us. I love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your day.